0: welcome back for another issue of imagine if we're on issue like 177 dude
1: Yeah, that's, that's true we're getting up there i think by the time we hit uh 199 we'll stop relaunch it as a one issue and then the next issue will jump up to 200 and then we'll milk it one more time so we could say it's the 201st issue so that's 200 appearances of mitch and chris in the imagine if multiverse <laughs>
0: I mean, uh, th- strategy. <laughs> if we're, if we're going to follow suit, that's kind of how we'd have to do it, right?
1: <laughs> we want all the money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then we'll have to do the five-year anniversary issue. And,
1: <laughs> and then we finally learn the secret origin of Mitch after that.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, we, you know, we're talking about... Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about a very popular show right now. Uh, the Boys on Amazon Prime. is, is started its second season. And uh, we're ready to, to talk about that and how it compares to the comic book. Because uh, I've read the first three volumes of it. The, far, the first volume, which was actually at DC Comics. Wildstorm imprint, to be specific. So don't tell anybody
1: yeah don't let them know you're secretly enjoying dc on the tv
0: (laughs) (laughs) don't don't let them don't let people tell you they're there don't let anybody tell you that dc didn't do stuff that was risque because geez there is some there is some stuff in that first volume that i can't believe dc let happen
1: i had to change my contacts after i read it (laughs) so
0: before we get into the boys on the on a boys 101 we're gonna go ahead and talk about the spinner act because it's new comic book days as chris likes to point out
1: (laughs) and i want to spell it (laughs) d-a-z-e
0: well i mean that's how you have to do you have to be i-g
1: Yep. <laughs> all right. So yeah, Silent X at the end. <laughs> all right. Uh, so here we are. So if you go to your local comic shop on a Tuesday, what could you expect to find? Well, you will get all the brand new stuff from DC Comics. So right off the bat, we have Action Comics one thousand and twenty-five. Uh, the era of Bendis is still going at it, and right now we are getting to see some of the uh, the Kent family war, um, which is basically dealing with the idea of Sorry, not the Kent family. The House of Kent. So we finally have Superman and Lois with their Superboy. Connor Superboy and Supergirl are coming together to take on whatever menace they've been taking on. Wait, Um, and this all go ahead.
0: Who's Supergirl right now?
1: So I, you know, I don't know. Like it's it should be the ultimate version of Supergirl. Like this is the one that we've known. But considering she's been post crisis, pre crisis, new fifty two, and reborn, I don't know what tweaks or changes they made to her. But I would say this one feels like it's it still should be in line with the uh, the Supergirl that we got in Superman Batman from Jeff Loeb when he okay, that's
0: what, yeah, that's what I was I was wondering if it's that Supergirl.
1: Yeah, so I I'd, I'd feel like it's her. She's just been you know revamped via new fifty two and then. Revamped and retweaked during Rebirth. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. But uh, the era of Bendis is coming to an end in December. So be prepared as these stories will start to conclude and wrap up. Um, We have Aquaman 63, which is continuing on the growth of the Aqua family as they are going through their adventures. But right now we have some uh, new writers on there, Jordan Clark. It's going to be real interesting to follow this book because – Should be having a movie or some excitement about Aquaman coming up pretty soon here. That'll be something to watch. That girl is hitting issue 49, and this is part of the Joker War, but this will be more of the collateral damage. So this is going to be real interesting because I think this is going to have some of Barbara Gordon facing her trauma while dealing with the Joker uh how did she feel about a killing joke and what's gone through her mind and all these types of things uh the cover's pretty cool looking with the many deaths of batgirl as we have batgirl standing over a batgirl with a chalk outline so i think she's finally going to get a chance to process some of the things that have happened to her at the hands of the joker
0: that's that's scary
1: yeah yeah it's going to be something wild Um, this has been an interesting book and I love this artist. I think he's definitely somebody to watch out for. So Batman Superman issue 12 will be out. And this is basically, um, new adventures of Superman and Batman together. And the reason why I plug this book though, is David Marquez. This guy is an amazing artist. Uh, he drew the defenders, um i think bendis wrote that one so he's actually bendis is probably why marquez is over at uh, dc comics but his art is just legendary it is beautiful looking stuff i can't wait to see the day when he gets to do a dc universe event um so So this
0: one is this is just his cover though like is he doing a book
1: he's also the interior artist for it
0: oh it's not that max rayner right there
1: sorry yeah it is max rayner so yeah he was the original artist the interior artist but yeah i guess he just now he's just doing covers it'll be very interesting hopefully hopefully that means maybe he is working on something cool yeah but i would definitely promote his work i think his stuff is great um here's the top pick of the week from me dark Knights, death metal speed metal wow that's a lot of little blurbs there uh but this (laughs) is if What was it called? DC Universe Rebirth. If that had a sequel or an issue two or issue three, this is it right here. This is the big moment. We finally get to see Wally West be the hero that he has been. He's dealing with his dark demons. Uh, We've learned a lot of new stuff. If you're actually reading the Flash book, which, hey, perfect timing, comes out this week also, Flash issue 762, which is continuing with the uh, finish line story, so the last bit of Flash uh, writing by Josh Williamson, and he's also writing that speed mi- Speed metal issue, we've come to learn that Wally West was not just a victim, or was not just the bad guy during, um, oh my god, what was the top Payne event?
0: Heroes and Crisis?
1: There we go. Heroes in Crisis. Tom King, not Tom Payne. Uh, so he was actually manipulated by Reverse Flash, Professor Zoom.
0: So, so Josh right? Williamson is reading is writing the the Speed Metal book, but is he writing the rest of the Death Metal stuff too?
1: No, the Death Metal is mainly architect by Scott Snyder. Right, just uh, and you have a lot of other people coming in. So, like, like uh, how? So Scott Snyder's been writing Death Metal. But these spin-offs have been going to certain people. So like there's okay. one I'm going to talk about in a little bit that actually Jeff Johns got involved with as well. So I think what the thought process is when they farm out to a specific character. So like obviously Speed Metal would be the Flash family and mostly focused on Wally West. That's why they went to Joshua Williamson. <clears throat> so it kind of seems like that's the path they're going. Like, hey, I want to I want to give a character spotlight. So they go to the The best person for it, the person currently writing the book, which I think is great. Yeah. So I would definitely say if you are a Flash fan, now is the time. Definitely pick up Speed Metal. And I myself am currently getting Flash right now because I am very curious to see what Josh Williamson does as he closes off his arc. And if I remember correctly, I think Joshua Williamson, I think he did some New 52. So this guy went from New 52, survived the rebirth, and has been running the show since then. So it'll be very interesting to see. Plus, we are getting a return of The Flash Family. So that's always exciting. Uh, You have Justice League Dark, issue 26. That's definitely going to be a book to start watching because they're talking about a TV show over there. Jazam comes to a conclusion with issue 15. Uh, This will be written by Jeff Loveness. So if you were curious to see what Jeff Johns had to do with the book, that would have ended last issue in number 14. And that was the one that introduced, or not introduced, but reintroduced Superboy Prime to modern day DC Universe stuff. Uh that was a really fun issue. So I would definitely say pick it up. And if like I said last time, if you want to get a sneak peek at what's gonna happen in Shazam too, I think that's gonna be the book to check it all out. Suicide Squad will be hitting issue nine, and I believe this is going to run all the way up to issue 11. So if you're a Ted Cord fan, I would definitely start checking out this book. And again, anything by Tom Taylor is really good stuff. He gets into character. He makes them have heart. So if we look at this lineup, uh, unfortunately, you won't be able to see it, but when I look at this new lineup of the Suicide Squad, I only recognize Deathshot and Harley Quinn. The other, what, one, two, three, four, five characters? I have no clue who they are. But Tom Taylor has done a good job of giving them enough story to the point where they actually matter. Plus, I love the fact that Deathshot, his daughter, decided to get in the game, and she calls herself Live Shot. Yeah, And she's also taken it a step further by bringing their dog into the business. So now we have Dogshot
0: dog shot. Okay, yep.
1: yep, that's that's why I love Tom Taylor, man. He just comes up with these great ideas. He's the one who, remember, our I don't know if you saw that, but in justice, when Harley Quinn broke into uh Oliver Queen's hideout, and she's like, Why don't you call it the, the because I think he was calling it the arrow cave? and she's like, Why don't you call it the quiver? and he's just right. like, That's a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. So the be, be ready for more Adventures of Dogshot. <laughs> uh, let's see. So then, of course, Wednesday, the next day, this is when you'll be able to get all your comics from every other publisher out there in the game. So let's take a look. Let's jump over to Marvel Comics and see what they've got. Oh, actually, one quick thing I wanted to mention uh, for DC fans. So IDW, they've kind of taken themselves to being a publisher of the publishers. So they're doing a lot of Marvel and DC work. Uh, So they will actually be completing a um, Batman, the Max Arkham dreams Lost year. So this is going to take a big collection of Batman and the Max teaming up. Uh, drawn and and written by the original creator of the Max, Sam Keith. So if you were a big fan of that character, the Max, he doesn't get much publication now. But if you want to revisit a nice collection of his adventures teaming up with Batman, that would definitely be something to check out. It has a pretty nice t- price point, too, at $7.99. So if you're a big fan of that guy, definitely check it out. I remember staying up to watch him on MTV. I forget what they called it, but do you remember when they were doing uh, the... The Max and oh gosh, what was it? Aeon Flux, those shows. That was yeah, cool.
0: and Oddities.
1: There you go. Yeah. I think it was, uh, was that was that Liquid Television that that came on? Oh, I think you're right. I think it was Liquid Television. Yeah. yeah. memories. (laughs) All (laughs) right, so let's see. From Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel number 20 is getting a second printing. So something exciting must have happened in that Empire tie-in issue. So I'd definitely keep an eye out for that. Daredevil issue 22 hits. And this is going to be big because this is the fallout from One More Day, Matt Murdock style. So now we currently have Michael Murdock is a real person. And I'm very intrigued by this cover because It kind of looks like an Iron Man mask. Very much so. So, Daredevil horns, but extreme. So could that mean Tony Stark is involved? Mephesto's involved? How, why, and what is going on? So this is definitely a top-tier book. I highly recommend, so I'm excited to see what adventure awaits. Doctor Doom issue 7 is out. Uh, Christopher Cantwell. I would definitely say keep an eye on this guy. He is doing some amazing stuff. I've heard nothing but good things about his Dr. Doom. And recently, last week, he just launched Iron Man number 1. I read that. Wow, that was really good. He did such a beautiful job of rebranding Tony Stark and actually making him feel like a character again. Like, it was was a really good issue. So I'd say definitely check this guy's writing out. Uh, Empire Issue 5 gets a second printing. We have, let's see, if you're collecting the Alex Ross... um, what were they called? Yeah, the Timeless Posters. Uh, the Silver Surfer one will be released with Fantastic Four Anthesis. I'm pronouncing that right, issue two. Antithesis. Um, antithesis, yeah. Okay, there we go. Uh, it's written by Mark Wade, which I think helps because Neil Adams has been revisiting these classic characters. And it's great because Neil Adams' artwork still holds up. I don't mean to be rude. The guy can't write to save himself.
0: No. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I'm glad Mark Wade is here to hopefully correct that. But I would just say pick up the pick up the cover for the, the timelessness. I don't know if I could honestly recommend the book to you. Um uh, Immortal She-Hulk is getting a one shot. So she's going to be seeing what's going on in the immortal light in the immortal life, just as her cousin Bruce Banner has been going through. Actually, that's perfect timing because they uh they cast a She-Hulk, didn't they?
0: That's right. We got a we got casting news for She-Hulk on the Disney Plus show that's going to be happening. Uh first we got the the director that's going to direct the pilot in a few episodes after that, which is Kat Cory or Cairo Coro. Uh, sorry, C O I R O. No, C yeah, that's it. Anyways, the actual the bigger news is the the actress that's going to be playing Jennifer Walters in She-Hulk is Tatiana Maslany. And uh most people might not re- recognize that name. Um, she is a very very good actress and uh, she was in a BBC America show called Orphan Black where she played cloned versions of herself so she had to do a lot of different type of characters for just playing one character um, she was on a few episodes of uh, like and I mean like two episodes of Parks and Rec so people might recognize her from that she's been in a few movies but like her big role has been Orphan Black and now she-Hulk. So, I'm excited about that that casting. Uh, I'm really excited about what they're going to do about this She-Hulk like persona cuz obviously anybody who reads comic books uh knows that Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk look you know very different from each other just like the Hulk and Bruce Banner look different from each other. So, we'll see what they do there.
1: Yeah, I'm very interested to see will we see a lot more of um of Jennifer Walters or will it be Because typically Jennifer Walters is very comfortable living in her She-Hulk body, so will they play that aspect up, or how will they tackle it? So I'm very excited to see how that's going to go too. True. Yeah. Well, and again, if you're looking at those timeless Alex Ross covers, the She-Hulk one will happen for the Immortal She-Hulk one shot. So that might be the book to go get, and if you're lucky enough to get an autograph, there you go.
0: So is that is is that they're that one shot? Are they calling it that because it's going to be a tie-off directly to Immortal Hulk?
1: So it's going to it's going to milk two cows. So, yes, it is part of the Immortal Hulk because it's written by Al Ewing, but it's also going to tie in with Empire as well. So it's going to be able to say, like, hey, Empire fans, here's another book. And then, hey, Hulk fans, here's another book. Gotcha. So, yeah, they're kind of they're dipping into both those fan bases right now. Uh, Iron Man issue one has a late release of the Mark Brooks variant cover. Mark Brooks, man, that guy just draws some amazing art. So this is a great feature of the new Iron Man costume. And I have to say, I really enjoy the fact that it's got the classic Iron Man look because I'll show a picture. Here's the Alex Ross timeless cover, right? Mm-hmm. So we see that traditional, like the big shoulder pads, the red and the gold, very predominant and um, Alex Ross actually redesigned this new this new cover as well or sorry this new art as well or armor that's the word <laughs> he designed it and it just looks really amazing I I think it's definitely got a, a a great look to it so yeah it's it's perfect I can't say enough good stuff about Iron Man right now uh, Juggernaut is getting his own spin-off series right now so, This will be recognized by the House of X, uh, the current X-Men universe, so it's going to be very interesting. So he looks very menacing on this cover, uh, so it'll be interesting. Are they bringing him back to his villainous roots, or is there going to be something more going on with old Juggy there? So that'll be something to watch for. Um, what else do we got? Maestro number one gets a second printing. So this is going to go back and tell us more of the origin of this evil Hulk and how he came to be. Maestro number two is out. So those two will be perfect together. Spider-Man Noir issue four comes to a conclusion for that new mini series. Um, <clears throat> what else do we have here? Spider-Woman issue four will be out and this kind of deals with the, uh, the whole new plan for Jessica Drew and where she's going with her abilities. Um, this is kind of neat. The, the facsimile editions are coming. So Tales of Suspense number 39 is getting reprinted. And the big question is what's so special about Tales of Suspense number 39? Well, that is the classic first appearance of Iron Man.
0: Ooh. Um, this one's
1: a great one because one of his co-creators is actually Stan Lee's brother, Lee Lieber. So that's kind of neat um, to see how that all began. And we've got Thor issue two getting a fifth printing. So definitely Donny Cates is doing some crazy stuff over there in the Thor world. Um, Issue five is getting a fourth printing. And issue six is getting a second printing. Now, usually these print covers kind of give you a hint as to what the major event was. So if we cheat and look at this cover, we can see Thanos wielding Mjolnir. So that's pretty intense looking stuff there. Um, and then we also have some of the true believers. So they're again, focusing on X-Men. So if you're interested, you can pick up the first appearance of Saturine. I'm not too sure she is. I know she's definitely one of the, uh, major British characters. So that would definitely be something to check out. Um, we get a first appearance of the soul sword, the soul. Good golly. I can't say this one. The soul sword. that'll be interesting to wild uh, to read. And plus I love that issue because it's reprinting uncanny X-Men one seventy one, which is the early days of rogue joining the X-Men. And they did not welcome, welcome her with open arms when she first came around. Um, Venom, let's see, we'll go through the checklist here. Venom issue 25 gets a fourth printing. Issue 26 gets a third printing, just in time for v- issue 28. So again, Donny Cates is really killing it over there. He's doing some amazing stuff, uh, which is going to get just in time for the big Venom king of, oh, I forgot what it's called, but I think it's the Black King. They're going to be having some wild stuff going on with the symbiotes over there. Uh, Wolverine hits issue number three with a second printing, and then it begins now X of swords, the big crossover in the Hickman, uh, Hickman run X-Men world is going to start. So creation begins. So this is going to be some wild stuff. Um, and I believe that, Nope, sorry. There is one more X-Men book X factor. Number one is getting a second printing. So definitely check that out. So that's pretty much what's coming out of your mainstream comic books.
0: All right. So that's what's on our spinner rack for this week. Hey, uh, just, I just wanted to throw this at you. Um, There's a picture I just sent to you right now. Did you know that at the DC fandom, Elizabeth Tulak, who's going to be playing Lois Lane in the Superman and Lois TV show, uh, helped announce that there was going to be a new Superman suit for that show. And uh, she tweeted out the cover page to her script, which has the new Superman emblem on it so let me show what I wanted to get your idea on what what you think of the, the new emblem
1: I like it um I mean it's definitely very traditional looking um of course it'll be interesting to see what the bottom curve portion of the s looks like, but I really like I like the curves on it because a lot of times like I remember I think it was John Byrne. When he first, when he was a kid, when he first met Superman, he's like, who's this guy with two fish on his chest? <laughs> and it was like, oh, I guess I could see it if I focus on the yellow more instead of the red. I thought that was pretty wild looking. Um, but yeah, it, it, so I, I really dig that. I think it, it gives it that nice curve to emphasize the s of it. So yeah, I'll be excited to see it. And plus, I, I do want to see a new costume. I I, I do appreciate Actor playing Superman, but yeah, I, I really want to see something more than what they've had from the CD costume or the CW costume that we've gotten so far.
0: Yeah, I think what I remember hearing them say was that uh, the costume that Tyler hockland wears was never meant to be worn for more than a few episodes of of Supergirl. Like that's where he first showed up, and the idea that uh, he's going to be wearing this for the whole show, you know filming twenty some episodes if that's what they end up doing. He needed a different suit, so they might as well do a redesign of the suit altogether. I'm I'm guessing like that suit doesn't do well in in fighting sequences, right? Like it it probably doesn't have it doesn't have good mobility. What was that you said?
1: Said yeah it does look a little stiff.
0: Yeah. So uh yeah more power to him to, to getting a new suit and hopefully it looks cool. Like of the suits that we've seen in comic books that we haven't yet seen in TV shows. Is there a certain one that you think would be cool to see on screen? Because you can't use I, the King and Come one because we've already seen it now.
1: <laughs> you know, I guess just because now we're we're at a point where the impossible can really happen, I think I'm gonna go there. I wanna see electric soups. I wanna see it in live action. Ooh, that would be insane. That would be pretty incredible. Yeah, and i think it'd be a fun tv arc because if you think about it from at least like a production standpoint you're going to get more clark kent you're going to have a superman who necessarily doesn't have his powers because he would have to turn on and off right so it's like you can right. explore those adventures of he's just clark kent and i think it would put him in some situations where it's like yeah you're going to see clark kent bleeding now as opposed to just being like oh no i got hurt and it's like no yeah. you didn't you're superman <laughs>
0: yeah i mean that could be i mean this is this is a tv show that takes place after the what they're now calling the cw verse uh you know crisis on infinite verse uh special so why not have them come back as the the version that that has the electric powers i mean even if they only did it for a season it'd be interesting
1: oh yeah definitely so i think that'd be fun so yeah that gets my vote what about you any particular costumes you want to see now in reality i mean i like.
0: I liked the uh, New 52, like, no trunks, high-collar uh, Superman suit. I I, I kind of dug that, that uh, redesign. If we had to go with something else, um, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I don't want Superboy Prime to show up, but I wouldn't mind seeing the anti-monitor Superboy Prime outfit. Like, I don't think that's the version that he's going to be wearing, <laughs> but it'd be funny.
1: That would be pretty cool, and actually, that would be fun to see. Like, no, why not? Let's bring Superboy Prime to live action. Like, yeah, his it's time has come. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't see one in Crisis on Universe.
1: That would have been a place to introduce him too,
0: or at least uh, just allude to it. Like, you don't you didn't have to like bring him in, just kind of be like, "Hey, there's a kid over there on that Earth that's named Clark Kent," kind of thing, and just walk away from it.
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. Actually, that's perfect that you mentioned Superboy Prime. Uh, he's going to start popping up. He's actually been popping up in um, the DC Metal event. I think his first appearance in that was the Trinity Crisis. Again, like like you said, they should have easily done something during the CW Crisis. and been like, hey, there's a kid named Clark Kent over there. Um, so they could have planted that seed, but he's definitely back. So that's always exciting. And he usually comes around during a time of crisis. So there's been a lot of talk of, could Death Metal be setting him up for a heroic turn? So I think that would be kind of interesting because if you think about it, Crisis on Infinite Earths is pretty much his first appearance. Infinite Crisis, the direct sequel, sets him up for the villainous turn. then now you have this one, which is, I guess they wanted to originally call it the Dark Crisis, but they stuck with Death Metal and Dark Nights and all that stuff. But, um, so yeah, definitely keep an eye out for him because he gets a nice cover on uh, Death Metal number 4, so it's very stylistic looking, a very uh, character-featured cover. So he's gonna have a lot to watch out for. And plus, if we look at the advanced solicits for death metal number six, we can see him standing with the heroes side by side with Superman. And then also one of the uh or actually it's called Death Metal The Secret Origin. So we can see a nice splash cover there of Superboy Prime versus the I think they call him the multiverse who laughs now, but basically the Batman Who Laughs powered up with uh Doc Midnight powers or Doc Manhattan powers. So yeah, so maybe we will get to see him be a hero after all. That could be exciting.
0: So Wally West and the Batman Who Laughs both have Dr. Manhattan powers?
1: Yeah, for some reason they've they've slipped it onto the same, or they split it between those two characters.
0: I mean, that's good. You need someone to... Ha- I'm guessing one person shouldn't have all of Dr. Manhattan's powers other than Dr. Manhattan.
1: Yeah. Well, and too, it's kind of interesting because it makes me think of of my favorite lines from john Byrne's superman batman generations when they were talking about supergirl and in, in this multiverse she's the daughter of superman thought it was neat because they were like because she's like well i only have half your powers but then superman's like yeah but half of infinity is still infinity so it's like, hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah that'll be very interesting to see how those two share the powers and what's going to happen with that
0: so how would you feel about uh superboy prime turning to be a hero again
1: you know so i have my own theory on that because while the cover looks perfect and it's like oh this is really cool this is still a superman versus a batman and dc just loves to keep throwing that in our face any which way they can so would i love to see him be a hero sure I love redemption stories. I love that journey back to the way they were. Uh, He is a very, like Superboy Prime is a very tragic character because essentially in his first appearance, his world dies. Um, So, I mean, it would be neat to see him. But at the same time, I'm not going to lie, he is such a great villain that it would be exciting to keep him that way because I really did enjoy the fact that Jeff Johns was like, hey, we have these two teenagers. One is crazy evil and one is crazy good. Why not have them fight each other? So it's like, huh? Superboy Prime is a pretty good villain for Shazam, and as you called it, I like that—the Shazamly, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be pretty uh, pretty awesome to 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 see just to, just to see how two people who had power thrust upon them uh, coped with it.
1: <coughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, I guess one last thing, since we're talking some quick news. So keep your eyes out. The DC Universe is going to be looking to get a, um, probably a facelift, I think is a good way to call it. So we just saw last week with Detective Comics 1027, they had a a short story in there, and it was by, um, it was basically featuring the original Batman, a very 1939 looking Batman coming up with various other heroes, so they were saying it's going to continue in in generations shattered number one but lately all across uh dc's social media and this is like dc universe dc comics uh they've been featuring this this picture of something called dc future state that's going to be very interesting what is it going to be so keep your eyes out for that and as so well like under-
0: is this like another dc one million like are we jumping to the future to see where everybody's at kind of thing
1: I feel like this is basically their let's fix DC and also create a new timeline story. So I don't like, I mean, I I could definitely see them showing us the characters from 1 million, but I don't think it's going to be like, Hey, check it out. Here's even more characters from the future that we don't know more about. Uh, So basically it's probably just them taking the generations event and retooling it. So that way that work doesn't get lost. And it does go towards building a stronger more unified dc universe because a lot of fans are feeling that way like while they may tell us everything counts it sure doesn't feel that way
0: sounds good all right cool uh if that's all the news we want to talk about today let's just get right into our 101
1: yeah let's do it
0: so we're talking about the boys came out october 2006 i mean Honestly, I still I still think of like the early two thousands as just like a couple years ago. But yeah, we're talking fourteen years ago, and uh, it was definitely, uh, maybe saying a different time is a way of you know dismissing it. But there's a lot of stuff that's in the boys the comic book that doesn't show up in the TV show. I'll tell you this: I love both. I love both the show and I love. Uh, the the comic book and the comic book you know back in 2006 was doing exactly what the TV show is doing now it's deconstructing the idea of superheroes and how uh, we put them up as celebrity uh, I mean they put them up as celebrity it's saying how what we do to our celebrities kind of thing we let, we let them get away with stuff and the idea that the boys hits so perfectly now because of every movie and tv show that's out there has something to do with comic book you know comic books and more more likely comic book superheroes right
1: yeah no they've definitely become a huge staple of pop culture and even just tv or movie culture as well
0: so it's it's i mean it's not surprising that with everybody snapping up everything that has to do with comic books and comic book superheroes for movies or TV shows that Amazon went and grabbed the boys, which first came out on Wildstorm, Storm, uh, which was an imprint for uh, DC Comics. But after the first volume, which was what, six issues?
1: It, yeah, six issues.
0: It went over to uh, dynamite because DC was just like, okay, this is just a little too mature for us, even with our imprint. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, zoom forward to what fourteen years later when you get Batman black label and <laughs> you get the bat dong come
1: out. <laughs> yeah, you get to see the bat pole finally. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, obviously that's that's nowhere near as as bad as what it is that we get in the first We get in the volumes of The Boys. uh, I mean, it goes everywhere from drug use to rape to uh, explicit sex and murder and blood and gore. And it is all over the place. And I mean, there is a lot of like Billy Butcher himself, as portrayed by uh, Carl Urban now, uh, is a lot more tame, so to speak, than the Billy Butcher that you get in The Boys, the comic book. He uh will he doesn't hold anything back. He he uh he he constantly calls like he calls Huey a poof. And if you're on the other side of the pond, you know, that's a derogatory term for a homosexual. And, you know, at one point I think Garth Ennis tries to play it up and be like, Well, I'm not saying it to be mean or have him say it to be mean, because there's lots of, you know, homosexuals that will kick his ass, but he's doing it to put Huey down and Huey, you know, it's just a weird thing that that happens in the book and it's all very meta and it's very like, I don't know. You're trying to backpedal stuff, but it's, (laughs) it's just, it's, it's a good book because it, it kind of helps you ground the idea that you don't need to hold these ideals that these writers are coming up with, with these superheroes to such a high level when, you know, in reality, if someone had a superpower, they would misuse it completely.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it definitely brings up an interesting thought because I've looked at that. Like, I was really impressed. So, this is what's wild about this episode for us is Mitch is going to be more the comic book guy, and I'm going to be more the TV guy this time. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting. So, I managed to thanks to Andy. I, I he, he kept pressuring me; he wouldn't leave me alone. So, I had to watch the show. I mean, he stalked me on Facebook and. Finally, I did watch it, and I, I went through season one. I was like, wow, this is wild stuff. Um, and what I found very interesting was on Amazon, they had a uh, basically like a behind-the-scenes interview with all kinds of people. So they were talking about the show runner, and they essentially talked about Huey's girlfriend at the start of this mm-hmm. and how she got, as they use the term, fridged, which basically goes all the way back to um, killing loved ones, especially female loved ones in comic books it's very interesting and i i love the way the showrunner handled it he's like no you're right it's it's a shame that that does happen but at the same time when you look at this stuff a lot of heroes and you know that's a very non-gendered word can come from uh tragedy family tragedy losing a loved one and stuff like that it's the motivations so i do find it interesting that it's like like you just said it's like we think everybody would gain the power of superman and they're like no they're gonna be good guys and it's like no you might get a lot of homelanders you know because <laughs> look at look at the workplace sometimes you see somebody when they get a an ounce of power how far they can go with it so it's like yikes now what would happen if you gave them the power to juggle planets you know <laughs> So I do find it very interesting. And I think it is good because writers and artists should be able to throw that out there. I mean, as long as they're not practicing it themselves, but I think it is good to look at that, that side of the psyche and see what's going on. And I, I just, I find it's an interesting trip. Um, it's definitely got a lot of spectacle, but I do like exploring these characters, you know, it's like, man, like. You know, because we would all think someday where it's like, yeah, if I got the power of Superman, what would it be like? But then it's kind of it makes you think like, you know, maybe somebody really doesn't deserve the power of Superman when you meet Homelander. It's like <laughs> it's a nut bag.
0: <laughs> and that's a That's another thing that I, I feel like a lot of people don't pick up on on the show, especially the show. But also it, it, it's it's more prominent in the comic book. There are no super villains, so to speak. In this world. Everybody who has the power. Is given that power by. uh, Vought International. Uh, And. uh, when When they do it. When they're born. And then they just have to take on a role. Of being a hero or being a villain. Like these heroes aren't going out. And saving the day. So much to speak. They are going out and doing publicity. All the stories of when they save the day. Are created. By Vought. Like it's all false news stories. It's all uh, faked photos and sets and stuff like that. So uh, a lot of the people just, you know, there's no, there, there is no big crisis on infinite earth. There's no civil war. All that stuff is fake though. Like you get to volume three of, of the boys, they have a thing called hero gasm and hero gasm is where everybody who has a superpower Goes to a remote island in the middle of the Pacific, and they just have debauchery for the whole week. When they come back, they say, "Oh yeah, uh, you know there was this big, you know, event in time or event in outer space or whatever, and it took everybody to have to do it, and just for that that uh, limited amount of time, there were no superpowered beings on Earth. So (laughs) take into account that probably no one was was dying uh, from." extraordinary uh reasons but everybody was all these heroes and villains were on this island just going at it and you know whatever way you want so uh that that's the that's the thing like homelander wasn't ra- raised by the kents they they gave him that that backstory of oh yeah it was you know whatever but it's not true like we even in the second season the beginning of the second season of of the boys it It comes out that uh every all these powered beings are are created by compound v in in um in uh the in the womb, so to speak, or when they're given when they're bird birthed uh so it's 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 it shows you that ordinary people getting powers is going to be bad, but it doesn't give you the circumstances that we've come to learn from our superheroes in our comic books, so to speak.
1: Yeah, well, it definitely it puts that darker side of humanity into these stories, which does make for some interesting views. Because it's like, you know, I think that's what makes Superman even more special is the fact that there is Clark Kent. You know, um, yeah. if you didn't have the Kents raise him, what would have happened? And it, it, we we get to see that now. It's like holy moly, and and these these stories of of evil gaining these powers it's just wild and you know and even then too i also like the fact that the boys themselves it's like you look at them and it's like well they look like scumbags (laughs) And (laughs) and they do act very scummy i'm not excusing their behavior but it's like wow you know like yes just because i mean it goes back to that old adage don't judge a book by its cover you know so it's like yeah this is uh this is definitely exciting because what we see on the outside does not show us what's in the inside. And when we truly see what is in the inside, it's like, this is something else. And us, you know, the motivations, like I definitely have to say, like, as my only experience is really the TV show, but I do, I, I, I admire times with Billy butcher. I'm like, no, I I get it. But I love as the show has progressed that it's kind of like, dude, you're no different than Homelander. (laughs) Yeah. It's created such a great character struggle that it's like, I really liked him at the start. Now I'm kind of like, no dude, you're jacked up. Um, Then you've got Huey and it's like, yeah, at first you're like, no, this guy is really, you know, like I get it. I can understand him. And then it turns from a mission of sorrow and revenge to now almost a mission of love with his relationship with starlight. I think that's been some interesting character growth. And plus you top it all off with Billy Joel. I'm not going to get mad.
0: (laughs) 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 So yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the characters. we We have a lot of, we have a lot of the same characters that we had in the comic book that we have in the show right now. Um, the, you have Billy Butcher, who is ex CIA um, and now is given the task of of killing soups or in the comic book, the idea is that they had a team before the book starts, where uh, they were tasked by the CIA to keep soups in line. Eventually they disbanded that uh, branch and um, because because Homelander <laughs> essentially like they they just knew that it's he's he's ruthless. He's going he will kill you. So uh, part of that group was uh, Mother's Milk, which, you know, he he's a he's probably your most straight arrow person on the team other than Huey. Uh, the book is all through Huey's eyes, just like how uh, the TV show is all through Huey's eyes. So he's the new one. He's the one that comes in because his girlfriend, soon to be fiance, is killed by a train, like you said earlier. And, uh, he's, he, uh, you know, Billy Butcher kind of basically sees that the, this kid has all the right motivations now and has the right temperament, like temperament or mentality to be the next person on the team. And that's, uh, why they put him into that. And so back to mother's milk, you know, he's kind of the one that's like keeping Billy from going too far most of the time. So then he also does the rest of the team, but he has his own motives too. He's got a family that he wants to keep safe. Frenchie or Frenchman is a bomb maker. He's essentially, uh, you know, their tech guy, but also a terrorist in his own mind, like in his own right. Like he's, he's not, uh a lovable affable villain kind of thing he's he's i mean he's not he's not uh a terrible guy in the comic book he's he's kind of the same but he he knows what what's happening like he 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 knows how to kill people very well uh, uh in the show she's called Kimiko now but in the comic book she's always just called the female she, that's it they don't i don't think they ever give her a real name at least not to the point where i i know and she she still can't speak but she wasn't to my knowledge trafficked uh, and then given the Compound V. She is an, an enforcer for the Yakuza though. So she'll go around and she just kills other uh, Asian mobsters and Asian gangbangers and stuff like nobody's business. And that's where uh, Bully Butcher comes to get her again. He's like, hey um, I need you to come back to the team so we can take care of soups And she's very much on board with that. Yeah. The other thing that's different with the comic book that it is from the TV show is that everybody not just the female has superpowers because they all took the compound V except for Huey. Uh Billy Butcher just kind of stabs him with the syringe and gives him compound V like without his knowledge. And the idea is that we're going up against soups if we take even one like flick from one of them with their finger we're going to die so we need to have superpowers and essentially they all just get super strength and a uh, you know somewhat invulnerability and that's kind of, It's it's like the most generic and I don't know what it is that decides who gets what powers in this world because they're all getting it from the serum but obviously they all have different powers like Queen yeah, Mane, very- what was that
1: yeah, the variations it is interesting because if we're all taking the same quote-unquote drug, we should all get the same abilities, but yet somehow some will get different different power sets. Yeah, like
0: and obviously we, they they're the seven are are mocked up to be like the, the the Justice League. So you have Homelander has all of Superman's powers, but why did he have Superman's powers and A-Train has all of Flash's powers and then Maeve just has flight and and fighting ability and super strength that like to be like wonder woman it's like it it really doesn't have anything in there and then there are people in the comic book that are just people like tech knight tech knight is basically your iron man and batman put together he doesn't have any superpowers he just has a suit
1: That is pretty wild. So yeah, it, so it'd be real interesting to see will these characters and will will some of these storylines be brought to it? Because one thing I noticed right off the bat, <clears throat> and this is interesting because it kind of goes back to a, a discussion you and I had touched on earlier, like a couple, like a long time ago. But with the death of the Waynes, should it be like they portrayed in? Uh, Uh, what is it, Uh, Batman Begins, where Thomas Wayne was more passive, like, no, you don't have to shoot us. Or should it be like in Batman versus Superman, where Thomas Wayne is, like, throwing fists? So I find that interesting when you change those origins. So in The Boys, the comic, you see A-Train still splatters into the the fiancé, but he did it while chasing a bad guy, you know, essentially being in a fight. I find that interesting because it's like, well, yeah, he, it's it's still a shame that collateral damage is happening, but it's a little bit more understanding. While well, meanwhile, in uh, in the TV show, a train is basically running while well high, you know, it's mm-hmm. like getting hit by a drunk driver. So I like that motivation a lot more in the TV show. What about you? How did you feel about that change?
0: I mean, it makes more sense. It 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 plays more into the idea of uh, there are no serious situations that call for super powered beans we just have super powered beans and thus they are unregulated they're you know it's 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 a person with the ability to run at that speed but being high they should be held accountable but we don't it, yeah it, it's I, I think it's a it's a very good trade-off like that, that's the things that they decided to trade off in the show uh only help the show like yes I would love to see the boys themselves with powers because it makes more sense that, you know, how how else are you going to take down people like Homelander like at, if you don't have superpowers yourself? And we'll see what happens. But I, I'm sure at some point we're going to have to get the... We're going to have to get them with power. Like, the only way that... The, the only way the show works now is if they recruit more people that already have powers to their team. Because like they did... That's what they did with the female, right? The Kimiko. They they have she has powers so they use her for her powers they're they're bringing in starlight whenever they can because she has powers and they need people with powers if they go further along in the comic book where they go to russia like you'll find out about uh i believe his name is love sausage or something like that <laughs> yeah uh he was a former superhero now he's just kind of like a, a drunkard but he puts on his costume again and you find out why they call him the love sausage <laughs>
1: Holy moly! <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I, you know, and I am so bad at taking over on the comic book side. I didn't even talk about, like, we didn't talk about. It. It's 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 Garth Ennis is the writer. Uh, Derek Robertson is the is the uh, artist. Both of them create the book. Um, we did say it was two thousand six, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, those first seven issues are are so so different from anything else that you've ever read. Like it, it really like what, what, I mean, what are the other books that Garth Ennis is known for preacher?
1: Yeah. And that's, what's funny is, and that was the big tagline for this book was so preacher, he reached a new high of lowness, if that makes sense. So, I mean, he had done his run of the punisher and that was totally great. Like you can take Frank castle and make him be the guy who's like, I have no problem skull stomping somebody um then it's like okay well he took it a step further so he creates preacher and it's like yeah here's this guy who is he even a preacher you know (laughs) and he's definitely walking the lines of doing some crazy stuff and then finally like his next epic which is this the boys he literally stated i want to out preacher preacher and oh my god he did (laughs) he he did (laughs) At least Preacher, that whole run stayed at DC Comics. Uh, This one, yeah, after six issues, they were like, nope, we we gotta... Because they were just like, I mean, it makes Superman look bad. Because if you look at issue one, it is funny how I forget who, but somebody's stepping on essentially Captain America's skull and splattering and it's like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Make Cap look bad. But then when it's like Homelander gets introduced, it's like, yeah, we might have to step away from that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean that's it's funny because yeah, in the, the first issues is when they have the guy stepping on the, the quote unquote Captain America type character, but then later on in this in the, the volumes, you have a character called Soldier Boy, which is supposed to be their captain america like even more so so you got to imagine like there's there's all this in the first uh volume where they're like oh let's just throw in this character and that character and we'll see what we can do with that and then eventually it's just like oh uh we still needed another captain america and we already killed them off all right let's let's do a different version of that thing
1: yeah we can just tweak the name a little bit but you know and honestly making the move to dynamite probably helped um, just because dynamite is like, Hey, we can, we can go there. We can, we can be a little bit more intense. Um, they don't have, they don't have that, uh, standard that DC and Marvel have, you know, like dynamite, that is the books that, you know, people can be adult and go read. Um, cause some of their big public, like some of their big prints, you've got army of darkness, you know? So Ash has been very much one of those characters that it's like, yeah, I'm going to fly and let loose, you know? Red Sonja, she's, she's very, uh, armored plated, interestingly, <laughs> so, you know, they'll, they'll definitely take it there where it's like, yeah, we can have those comics that just go bananas. So yeah, I think with them moving to that, it definitely helped. But, uh, going back to the original question, yeah, all I can really think of when it comes to Garth Ennis is, is I just think about, um, Punisher, um, the boys and, um, Pre- preacher. So it'd be very interesting. Let me see. I'm pulling up some stuff. So he well, did work Hitman. I don't know yeah, if you remember what
0: that. Bring up is that is Hitman. So say you know talking about the fact that he did the Boys and Punisher, that's kind of what you have in Hitman, right? Is the mixture of the two because you have this ex-marine that's using all of his skills and now superpowers to take out other supers.
1: Yeah. Now you're right. Hitman is definitely very much the the precursor to that. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> I always remember Hitman, my favorite moment was, it was even in the JLA book. So I think that was more Grant Grant Morrison sticking with his fellow uh, Irishman there where it was like, yeah, no problem. So Hitman goes to the JLA watchtower, auditions, knows he's not going to make it. And then when he runs into Kyle Rayner, he's like, oh, you you tried out for the JLA? And he's like, yeah, I knew I wasn't going to make it, but it was worth it to come up here with my X-ray glasses and see Wonder Woman. And you're just like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, when was Hitman created, though? Uh, let's see. I
1: Hitman ran out. Uh, we're talking. Oh man, that would have been mid '90s. Yeah, about '93. It looks like summer of '93.
0: Oh, Here it is. Yeah, summer of '93. So was that before his run on uh, Punisher?
1: I would definitely say yeah. I would say that that predates his his time with Frank Castle
0: very interesting is that it that's a character you probably should show you should show to sam then at some
1: point <laughs> yeah, that's a good point um, it's interesting. it looks like his max uh when punisher so i want to say yeah, about 2000 is when uh garth Ennis comes to town for the punisher
0: oh okay there you go um so with the comic book though is it's it's, it's like I said, I've only gotten through three volumes, which probably puts me at 36 oh, issues. Yeah. Yeah. Halfway. Cause there's six volumes total. And, uh, it's, it's, if you love the idea of superheroes and, and are okay with them, uh, either poking fun or kind of like pulling back the, the, the curtain a little bit on it. Like it's, it's a good read there and it goes, it goes so meta on everything. Like, like, you have a character that they call the man. Like they kind of get a lot of their uh, superhero intel from him, and you can kind of guess at who it is that they're, you know, poking fun of at that point.
1: <laughs> I mean, oh wow!
0: you <laughs> talked about how he was the writer. He was the writer that created all the storylines that the superheroes go off of, and and you know, it's just it's 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 perfect. It's it's just you know the the great idea of it and then and then you get into uh, like there's a I, I think it's in volume two when they go up against their version of the X-Men and it's it's not just the X-Men because in the Marvel Universe it's not just the X-Men you have X-Men you have Excalibur you have uh, New Mutants you have you know X-Force And that's exactly what happens in the book. Like every one of them had, there's this, the the team is just so huge because they have so many splintered off, splintered off teams. And it's, it's just, it's, it's such a good read. If you, if you enjoy a comic. So I hope at some point you get to uh, check out the books, but what are you loving about the show?
1: So I gotta say, like, like I said, I I really, I love the character study because as I watch it, like the three characters that I'm heavily invested in uh, Homelander, Uh, Billy Butcher, and Huey, I think their stories are great, because like, and this will be weird, but again, you know, you you gotta keep an open mind to stuff, so like, when I look at Homelander, he's just a victim of his circumstance. You know, he, like, when they show that one image of him as a baby, it's like, he's in a sealed room, and like, that moment where he gets to play peekaboo with Vought looking through the window, it's like, that's horrible. Like, no wonder he's such a human garbage disposal because all he's ever seen was just nothing. You know, it was all fake. Um He gets played out, you know, his handler, his original handler, um, uh, you know, she was just using him. Uh, he hasn't made any real human connection. So I find that interesting in his character. But again, he's still just, he's still horrible because of the choices that he chooses to make when he has that moment of like, hey, you could redeem yourself right here. You could do the right thing. Yeah, why bother? Um Huey, like I said, it's it's he's that tragic character at the start because he is, he's just so like I, I love how he's haunted by his fiance's death. You know, like even when he's trying to move on and he sees her, it was like, wow, that is that is that's incredibly deep. Like they did a good job with that. Um and Billy, I love the idea that he is he's become what he hates. And I just think it's so great with that. And then even then, the the, the 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 character drama doesn't stop there. Like I'm very interested to see, like, okay, what's going to happen with the deep now that he's in this quote unquote religion? Um, Mave with her her forced uh, outing, you know, that is just crazy. And and then the the struggle that she's got to go through to protect her loved one from Homelander. Um, and now that we're dealing with um. Oh, I can't think of her name, but the new member of the seven um, with the electric powers. Stormfront. Shock. Stormfront. There we go. Stormfront. Um, oh, my God. I hate her character so much. And I don't want to reveal her secret because I don't know how far people have gotten. But it's like when you discover that, it's like, ooh, this is a neat layer. Cool. Um, it's,
0: it's also very interesting because the character Stormfront in the comic book is a, is a guy. And he is very much from World War II and a Nazi. So, yeah, it made exactly. any of that apparent in the in the season, at least up to the point where I've watched. So, it's uh, in season two. So that's that's also very interesting.
1: Yeah, and I I really like I, I do. I'm interested in those twists because it's like, okay, why why that change? Why the gender change? You know, like what will it mean? And I think that's neat because it's one of those things. Like like The Walking Dead was a show that I got to do both. Like I, I read the comics and I also saw um, the TV show. So I got to see what was going on with that. Um, So I'm very excited to see, like, I think that's neat for the fans of the boys where it's like, Oh, Hey, I'm not going to get to see. um, There's going to be new stuff here to make it. So it's worth watching. Uh, One thing I did find interesting going into some comic book stuff. So if you look at the boys, the cover to issue 34, they have their storm front, the male version sitting in a cloud, watching the city burn grimacing back at you. I love Mm -hmm. how that's totally a play on Grant Morrison's all-star Superman. Number one, where Superman in a cloud looking at you and it's just like, that is, that's so great that it does. It pokes comics on such a meta level. So I just, I think it's great. Like it's the, the showrunner team has done such a great job creating character, like is worth it because I love superheroes. I love superheroes more than anything. And I'm getting a joy out of seeing the struggle that these people are going through and I'm also really appreciating the character that's being created as well.
0: Yeah, I also feel like Stormfront is Garth Ennis being like, "Oh, you think I already created evil Superman? Give me a second, hold my beer. Here is <laughs> evil Superman."
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, "Oh, you thought the first one was bad? Let me give you another." <laughs>
0: Uh, okay, so there you go. you can you can grab uh, the vol- the six volumes of um, the boys from Dynamite right now. It's I'm sure you can find it, I found mine on, on Amazon, but that was back when right before the, the first season came out. So it might be a little bit more difficult to find online. Um, but give, give it a read if that's if you're into the show just so you see where the other stuff comes. It's, it's a lot more crude though just keep that in mind.
1: Uh, definitely keep it in mind, uh, but it, again, it's it's that story that it's just it's very intriguing characters. But yes, you are right; they are they are wrapped up in some uh, crudeness. But I can definitely say I, I could see myself going in and checking out these comics just because it's an interesting world, you know.
0: Uh, if you'd like to talk to me more about the boys, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Michipedia G E M G E M stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris, where can people find you online?
1: You can also find me on Twitter. I am with the Twitter handle of Stuff I Should Say, should being spelled S-H-U-D. And please check out the Geek Elite Media website where I do writings there. Uh, Rafa and I are currently discussing the uh, Grant Morrison run of Batman against Ed Bruderbaker's Captain America. So definitely check out that series there. And I also write comic book reviews and news for Adventures in Poor Taste. So check them out at AIPTComics.com.
0: The rest of Geekly Media is at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geekleetmedia.com Please check out our Patreon page, because there we have all kinds of exclusive stuff, including Reimagine If, which is the after show to this show that you can only get if you're one of our patrons. But we have all kinds of other exclusive material, too then if you listen to us on a podcast as a podcast i'm sorry please rate and review us on whatever podcatcher you use so that it can help spread the word of our network but until next time this is imagine if on the geekly media network saying always remember to geek out out. this concludes our broadcast